Recording in progress, round Indeed. two with Good evening. Worshipful brother Edgar Barron. Uh, last time I talked to you, you were kind of uh, trying to escape from New York, if I recall correctly. Isn't that a film? Escape from New York was Escape it from is, LA. It is. <laughs> it is. It was a great film, too, starring uh, Kurt Russell. But you made it. You were successful. Well, you're back in uh, South Africa. So first, congratulations on, on getting back home and welcome um, back to the podcast. Thank you very much. I don't, I don't know how happy my wife is. She came to visit and she went straight back. So it'll be my turn in September. So well, yeah, at least you made Congratulations, I know that. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. So, just, my um, usual, just my usual disclaimer before we start. Of course, I'm not representing the Grand Lodge of South Africa. And uh, any uh, any views that I may have on my own and does not reflect that of the Grand Lodge of South Africa. Now you may continue. The good disclaimer. I always I always throw mine in writing in the bottom that right. you know nothing I right. say uh, uh, meant right. to reflect on the Grand Lodge of Ontario because I'm sure they want to kick me out many times over for uh, some of the the things I say. I didn't hear that. <laughs> but um, there you go. Thank you, worshipful sir. So, you know, the one thing I, I, I was wanting to talk to you about, um, you know, your jurisdiction, South Africa, uh, um, you know, you have returned, Lodge Cape Town has returned to meetings after in-person meetings were suspended. Um, Ontario, we have not returned to in-person meetings yet. Uh, we may return this fall. We're waiting for, not yet boring, uh, uh, but basically we're waiting to return to the exit stage of our roadmap. Ontario has a roadmap of levels of restrictions in the province. Um, right now, the provincial government has put us at what's called stage three. The next stage is the exit stage, and that's when we're allowed to meet again. So we're kind of waiting on the government to, to make it to that next stage. Um, but... Uh, knocking on wood, I suspect our meetings will resume in the fall um, if everything goes, goes well. And, you know, so I've really been trying to reach out to jurisdictions and lodges that have resumed in-person meetings to try to get some ideas about how, the, how it was returning to in-person meetings. I mean, was there hesitation from members? Uh, were there nerves about meeting again? Even just from a ritual and work perspective how did you find getting back into the groove of doing ritual work and then you know after so long away um just what's it been like returning to to in-person meetings yeah um I'm, I'm not sure that that's that's a very simple question to answer um so yes we um have had several lockdowns in uh, in south africa uh, obviously you know as as masons we've got a follow the, uh, the rules and um, the grandmaster uh, effectively um, ensured that we had a, a COVID compliance um, regulation of our own in place that um, as he would put it was uh, or is indeed stricter um, than the, the government uh, regulation. So um, we, we have a national compliance officer in the highest order um, in terms of that compliance is certainly the Grand Master. Um, and then 
like you would have states. We have, we, well, you've got provinces, we've got provinces. Um, we've got provincial grandmasters who are the highest order in terms of the COVID compliance officer. And then we have um, every lodge within that um, province has its own compliance officer. And so we literally have um, an online process where we have a, a, a barcode that you scan when you come to lodge um, and fill out the questions in terms of whether you've been exposed, whether you have been traveling, whether you have any symptoms of any kind and all that gets filled out and, and on the app that we have it'll tell you whether you're good to go and that has to be logged with the compliance officer um, of, of the lodge uh, and then once that's done we also keep a physical register of who is actually allowed um, or oh, sorry present and so what we've done is um, we've limited the amount of people that could actually be participating in um, in an actual working uh, the maximum that we can do uh, focused on the size of the temple is uh, is 15. Um, uh, we do have a smaller temple as well, but that's not being used because in terms of keeping one's distance, uh, 1.5 meters to two meters uh, minimum, um, it's very difficult when, you, when you're moving around the temple to be able to do that in a smaller space. Uh, beyond that, um, there's sanitation pretty much at every station. Um, if there is any contact, uh, certainly brethren sanitize before and after. Masks are worn throughout the working, which is not always easy. Um, and um, when, we, when we have uh, certain parts of the working where they're supposed to be touching um, or, or contact, my apologies, uh, we have a conduit. So you, Everybody holds onto a conduit from the one side to the other. So this, we're limiting as much contact as what we can. So we literally had um, our first and our second degree working uh, that was rewritten um, to comply with, uh, with COVID protocol. Uh, and of course, the usual stuff, uh, no aircons on, our doors internally remain open. So there's, there's good airflow. Um, whereas you would normally have the entire lodge congregating uh, in one area for a particular charge. Now only those people who are involved in that charge will be present. The rest will remain inside the lodge. Um, all robing happens inside the temple. You literally just put your case underneath your seat. Um, and so there's, there's very little contact. Uh, people are well spaced out, even though the, the, the minimum capacity would be 50% of the venue, but we are well below that. We're probably about 10% of, uh, of the venue's capacity. And likewise, when it comes to, um, to the, uh, the uh, festive boards after, the same rule applies. Um, whereas before we could have had 10 people on a table, now it's five, four people on a table. And again, it's limited. No visitors are allowed, uh, except for those people who are participating in the working that has a charge to do and, uh, and the candidate. So um, very, very tight. Um, of course, I sit on, on the uh, EXCO for, for the province and, and I'm one of those compliance officers. And we've been very serious about, uh, about keeping each other safe because you only need one issue um, for it to, to create a problem, uh, not just for the order, but I think it has a knock-on effect in a sense. And we, uh, we certainly had about uh, 12 brethren that I know of that we've lost uh, between 2020 and 2021. Uh, to COVID. And so, you know, we want to limit that as much as what we can. We don't want to be the cause for, uh, 
for uh, for somebody's uh, sadness uh, in a sense. So, so getting back, um, I think we we restarted maybe about uh, where are we? I think as soon as I got back in November, we had the Grandmaster's um, installation. Um, and then we immediately went uh, into recess after that. And coming back in February, uh, there was another lockdown. Um, and then I think we opened up for about uh, six weeks and we started working again under very strict conditions. And then we had another lockdown. So we couldn't, we couldn't operate. So where we are right now is we have a backlog of, um, of candidates that need to be initiated. Uh, we have a backlog of uh, installation of Worshipful Masters. Uh, and so we've had to be creative in terms of um, how we do that um, and, and still comply with, uh, with protocols. So um, of the five different provinces that we have, um, we only have ours, uh, the Southern Division, that is actually actively functioning because, you know, Freemasonry needs to continue, um, but it needs to do so safely. Um, some of the other provinces are having really, really high numbers in terms of infection, and so they're being a bit more cautious. The um, you know, one thing I've been very much uh, pushing, um, and this is something I, I think, it, you know, um, this is just me pushing it. Uh, this is kind of many grandmas or anything like that, but I suspect, at least I would hope most grandmas would agree with me is um you know the importance of of getting vaccinated well everybody needs to get vaccinated but especially for you know masons in ontario wanting to return to lodge you know one of the safest ways to do so in my opinion is is to be vaccinated and i've had interviews with um the masonic medical research institute in new york um you know, di different different doctors are also masons who talked about the importance of vaccinations. Um, this, I'm curious um, if you know anything in South Africa right now. How, how is vaccination rates going? Are they going well? Um, and 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 do you find that that if as they go up, does that increase confidence about returning to lot and things like that? Yeah. Um, so currently uh, with South Africa, I don't have the exact numbers, but I, I know the target um, is to get about 6 million people vaccinated, I think, um, by the end of this year. And I, I understand that we have enough vaccines to actually uh, get to, to that number. Um, I actually have a, a vaccination station uh, literally across the road from my house. Um, and I can tell you that... Um, the, the lines uh, are endless and, and, and the cars being parked in the road, there's plenty of them, which is not normal. But uh, I think people are taking uh, or heeding the call uh, from government to, to vaccinate. And, and I think, you know, South Africans are just generally, uh, I think we care about each other <laughs> in a sense. And so people are, are quite uh, uh, observant and, and, and follow the rules. Um, we haven't had many issues uh, with uh, defects or negative effects of, of COVID. Um, if, if there were any, it's, it's very, very low, not as much as what you would see in the United States, for example. Um, so I think for, for what it's worth, the, the vaccination process itself is going quite smoothly. Uh, personally, I have had my first uh, shot and the way that they went about it is to 
first start with the older uh, folks, 60 and up and 50 and up and 40 and up and so on and so forth. And I think right now we are 35 and up. And um, uh, I, uh, I pretty much um, the same week that I registered, got an opportunity to literally just walk in and, uh, and get the first shot and, and it, it went okay. Um, so my next shot is due on September 6th and I have no problem with, uh, with telling people that I am vaccinated. Um, where the brethren are concerned, um, you know, we, we do have um, some senior, uh, older brethren who are still concerned about, uh, about their health and, uh, and one has to understand and respect that. Uh, so we do see that we have much younger brethren that are, are quite keen to, to come back to lunch. And so a lot of the workings that we have been doing, we've been cross-pollinating with uh, the different lodges to ensure that we have a quality working, and that's been going well. Um, I don't know if, if every single one of those brethren have had a shot or a first shot uh, of, of two. Um, you know, one cannot force people to take a, a vaccine or or force them to disclose um, their, their status in that particular instance. Uh, but we do feel comfortable that the, the protocols that we've put in place uh, is sufficient. Um, and, you know, as, as, as long as people are honest about their, their answers, um, you know, we, we should get the right kind of result out of that. And we are able to trace it back if there, if there is an incident. One of the other rules that we've put in place is very simple. Um, no brother should be at, um, any two two workings within 14 days of each other. So it does give you uh, 10 days, 14 days, if there has been any kind of exposure to show symptoms or build up immunity or whatever the case may be. So we, we've, I think that's something I threw in at the, at the back end just to be sure that we, uh, we don't overexpose people to any possible uh, infections of any kind. Um, and so, uh, the, like I said, the old, older brethren, I think, are still, uh, on the one hand, it's concerned about, about infections. On the other hand, it's just they're getting old and they, they, they really want to enjoy their golden, golden years and want to give them that. And um, the younger brethren have an opportunity to start uh, shining and, uh, and showing their, uh, their ability in terms of the, uh, the working themselves. And I think they're doing exceptionally well. So I, I think we've struck a very good balance. Uh, in terms of that. And I think once we are uh, completely open, uh, I think we're going to see a number of brethren coming back. So some of the older brethren that have senior positions within the lodge or um, within uh, the Grand Lodge, for example, uh, we do see so, still see some of them uh, coming to the workings and participating because, you know, they enjoy it and uh, they do take their responsibility series uh, as well. Um, so I, I, I do think there's a few that will kind of uh, retire, if you want to call it that. Um, but, but certainly we see others that are above the age of 60 that are, are coming to lodge because, you know, they still want to be a part of that. You mentioned um, that you're looking at a, or, or your lodges are looking at a backlog of candidates and, and working at getting through those. Um, does that include um, applicants to Freemasonry? Like during your breaks, I know in Ontario, um, during the, the last year and a half of our, our meetings, in-person meetings being suspended, you know, there has anecdotally, now whether this actually translates, we have to wait and see, but 
anecdotally, there's been an increased interest in the craft. A lot of um, young men have been contacting our Grand Lodge and asking about joining and, and supposedly there's a, a, a significant amount of interest in the craft and a lot of lodges in Ontario are wondering when we start returning again, are we going to see an influx of not only dealing with our, our candidates that are waiting for their second degree, their third degree, or already been approved and waiting for their first, but also are we going to see influx of applications for um, brand new uh, men interested in joining the craft? Have you seen an increase in applications? Uh, yeah. And yeah, uh, so how are you dealing with that? Uh, yeah, so and how are you dealing when, with that, that? Right. So when I was saying candidates, um, I was particularly referring to application, applications, applicants. Um, these are brand new people that's coming into the order and they're fairly young. Um, I think the age bracket is between mid 20 to uh, to 40 uh, in a sense. Now, given that we, we when I got back, we did start a process. Um, whereby we started uh, a media campaign, uh, which initially started off uh, on Facebook and then made its way across to Google and LinkedIn because you know, we weren't quite seeing the kind of quality that we were looking for. But once we moved over to Google and LinkedIn, we did see the right kind of quality that we wanted. Um, and despite COVID economics, people were able to pay the fees and, and everything else and uh, obviously go through the process. Um, we got around the, um, the, the, the I shouldn't say we got around the protocols, but uh, we, we managed to still do the protocols in the sense where we uh, have that hybrid that you and I spoke about in the first uh, first interview, um, where on the one hand, we, we uh, do still have some online uh, presentations. I, I don't want to call them workings because obviously no ritual work where that is concerned. So the lodges still have online um, presentations and meetings. Uh, our business meetings as well as still being done uh, online, particularly on Zoom. Um, and what we've been able to do is also to interview candidates um, uh, in the same manner on Zoom, and they will, will sit there with their partners and, uh, you know, we can have a conversation. Beyond that, we've also done the, uh, what is uh, Freemasonry, and, and somebody on Saturday called it a, a zero degree <laughs> where you, you talk to uh, people who have interest in Freemasonry. And so the What is Freemasonry um, uh, presentational working has now gone online as well, because there's nothing that we, um, we cannot show or talk about, if you want to put it that way, on, online. And so that's been done uh, regularly. And we've had a significant, um, significant upswing in interest from all walks of life. Um, I'm particularly excited about a, uh, an, uh, uh, a working that we'll be having this coming Saturday, um, and then that we'll be repeating the Saturday after that. So we actually have um, uh, three candidates uh, coming through uh, to be initiated, and these are colleagues in, uh, um, in the civil uh, structure in, in South Africa, and so we, we're excited about them coming forward. They sought us out. Um, we didn't find them. And, and so, you know, Freemasonry for me is still a calling. And I, I think they answered the call. Um, they, they called us, wanted to know more, and made a decision. And, uh, and their initiation will be on Saturday. And then uh, next Saturday, August 28th, uh, my lodge will also be doing an initiation for 
three candidates and, uh, you know, it'll be a, a repeated segment um, uh, across uh, three to four hours and then we'll have one festival afterwards. Um, so we've seen a significant uh, um, interest from the from the, uh, the media, online media side, social media side. Um, and of those, we've qualified a number of brethren who we felt were um, one qualified to become Freemasons who would gain value from, from being a Mason, would add value uh, to Freemasonry. And so this is the backlog we're now sitting with. Um, you know, while we were in lockdown, we, we continued to have those, get those interviews done um, when we were able to, because bear in mind, during lockdown, very often they lock down the... Uh, the restaurants you can't use them so at the time the restaurants were open we were able to invite people for coffee get to know them a little bit better uh, meet near their home you know meet the wife and have a conversation even though you know we wouldn't have the normal group meeting in a sense but um, uh, we were able to condense and uh, and still make it work um, and so we you know our numbers are not as big as as new york or some some other uh, major masonic uh, jurisdictions for example but um, it's significant to us in, in terms of that. I think uh, between now and the end of the year, hopefully we don't have another lockdown. Um, we've got more than, uh, more than 20 quality candidates uh, in just in our, um, our jurisdiction in the Southern Division um, that we need to initiate. And that does not include any of the other divisions that are still waiting for people to come through their, uh, through their system. Um, we've got a number of, uh, of fellow crafts and, um, that we need to, to do, and we have not been able to finalize the, uh, the third degree working, the Master Masons working, um, to, to make sure that that is safe for COVID. And so we have a number of, uh, of fellow crafts that have been waiting for two years almost <laughs> to, uh, to become Master Masons, and they've been very patient with us. And, uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us and uh, we've had to find a, a workaround that is safe and I'm confident that we've done that. You mentioned um, that, you know, the, these applicants, uh, uh, these candidates, you know, sought, sought you out, uh, sought out Freemasonry. Do you think that there is some, I'm assuming, you know, the seeking, um, you know, took place during a lockdown or one of, you know, during COVID. Um, do you think that there, there's something about the last year and a half about the, the lockdowns and kind of, you know, all the different challenges that have come with the last year and a half that is perhaps encouraging um, uh, men to seek out either Freemasonry specifically or just fraternal organizations or community organizations, or do you think there's going to be an increased desire to, um, to be join up with and become part of, of these types of groups uh, that we'll see perhaps in the, the coming years? Yes. Um, I think historically, uh, you know, uh, whenever there's been uncertainty in the world, uh, that would always be followed, uh, one with more uncertainty. And um, be beyond that, you, the number one reason why men are, are, uh, are coming to us um, wanting to join Freemasonry is that they're looking for um, like-minded uh, men, like-minded people. 
that they can have one a conversation with and 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 certainly um, I think expand on their own um, their own perceptions of, of life um, and feel welcome uh, you know with, within that particular space and so that is probably the the most dominant um, response to what has attracted you to Freemasonry and 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 that is it's not a bad thing in itself um, so I think going forward uh, you know once just got to look at what is uh, being said by economists and, and historians and with this pandemic, you know, we, we, we don't know where it's going to end, but we do know that um, they're forecasting that we're probably going to see another pandemic in about 10 years, first of all. The second thing that we do know is that we have economists warning us that we're probably going to see a depression. Um, for the moment, I, I probably want to call it a, a super recession because I think it's going to take a few decades before they call it a depression. I think. Everybody has stopped talking about uh, downgrades and um, about the recession that started or was, was first mentioned in February of 2020. And, and for a recession to happen, you, you need to have uh, two consecutive uh, quarters of zero growth, which, which we had. Um, nobody spoke about it because it was just all about COVID. So I do think we're going to see a significant amount of um, struggle, you know, difficult years ahead of us. Um, Hopefully it'll be five years, hopefully not 10. But um, for that, I, I think, you know, quite frankly, a lot of, a lot of people have lost their livelihoods. Um, we've all been challenged in a lot of ways in the last year and a half. And, and I think that challenge is going to continue going forward. We've got to refocus, rebuild. Um, and I think part of that is what's, uh, what's driving the momentum in terms of um, birds of a feather wanting to, to flock together almost in a sense. And so um, we have seen a significant increase in, uh, in requests for information, first of all. We have seen a significant increase in people wanting to attend um, sessions around what Freemasonry is all about. Um, I'm sure other, other organizations will see a, a similar um, uptake, um, but uh, I do see for the foreseeable future um, the next few years, we're gonna we're gonna see an increase in um, in membership of, uh, of of younger men uh, wanting to become uh, become Freemasons. And you know, a lot of Masonic um, there's been a lot of Masonic uh, written pieces and, and videos. A lot of Masons, especially in America, uh, that I've spoken with, uh, actually seem to be concerned about the potential for a, a rapid increase in membership. Their concern being um, they're not sure if lodges will have the ability to, to you know, effectively manage the, the increase in terms of, you know, spending sufficient time with uh, with new candidates to tutor them properly, you know, they always point to the 1920s um, and, and to a lesser extent, the 1950s, um, you know, as being a period of, of rapid growth. Um, but, you know, John Bizak, who I've had on the, the podcast, uh, you know, expressed the opinion that a lot of lodges saw rapid growth and took in a lot of membership, but perhaps they weren't, um, they didn't have the resources to spend sufficient time with them to tutor them well so you didn't see 
those numbers be sustainable um, uh, in the long term. I'm not sure personally uh, if I agree with that sentiment. Um, I think it I think it assumes some things that, that are incorrect. But I do think there's a kernel of, of truth in the idea that, you know, uh, uh, and we see with businesses, you know, rapid growth without, you know, a plan to deal with that um, can ca cause and create its own problems. But I guess my, my question for, for yourself as a worshipful master, um, you know, what type of ways do, do you think your lodge and, and lodges in general can manage an increase, not just in terms of getting them through the door and having them be masons, but making sure you're spending sufficient time with them, tutoring them and, and being there for them in their kind of Masonic career? Yeah, uh, so I, I think we've already uh, on our side here locally addressed um, the issue. Uh, it, it all boils down to foresight and uh, I think strategy. Um, we, I think at, at Grand Lodge level, uh, as well as provincial Grand Lodge level, uh, we've already anticipated that. And so what's happened is that we have um, put together a, a very rigorous uh, education program. Um, so currently, and I was just on our, our electronic platform earlier uh, today, um, the latest thing that has been added uh, to the actual education uh, program, and I know that just yesterday, the uh, Grandmaster himself and, and the provincial Grandmaster were um, part of uh, some of the recordings um, for the curriculum um, for uh, for these new brethren that will be coming in in terms of teaching them a little bit more about Freemasonry because we understand that we are dealing with a sight and sound generation um, and so a lot of uh, the resources we used in the past uh, may not be adequate enough to hold the attention of, uh, of, of uh, new candidates that are coming in. Um, and, and, and when I scrolled down, one of, one of the things that was there was uh, exam. <laughs> so, um, you know, where we before we had a, a pretty much a two-pager uh, between, um, between degrees that a brother had to fill out that he understood what it was all about. Now he's got to go through a course as if you're in university or college um, to actually uh, qualify to move on to the next degree. Um, and I'm confident uh, from some of the work that I have seen because I've, I've given input into the educational uh, program itself, into, um, into the, uh, uh, the courses that we've, we've put together on that. I'm confident that it will have the kind of outcomes that we're looking for. You know? And, and the, the result is if, if you don't pass the exam, uh, you're not going to be granted dispensation to uh, to move on to the next degree. It, it, it has become that serious. Um, I think some people might be frustrated by that, but I, I do think it's the right way to do it. Um, it's not just about getting uh, men in and, you know, what do you do with them after that? So there's a, a clear directive, a clear goal, clear plan that's been set in place um, and uh, clear content uh, that is uh, in that curriculum. We've got clear presenters, um, we've identified them in terms of, and, and we've certainly uh, seen some of these, um, these courses that I've also sat in. Um, and uh, I, I think that it's of a, a very high quality. And I, I do believe that the brethren that do come in will, will learn from it and um, actually find value in, in that exercise. So that, that is the way that we've responded to a, a, a problem 
that we foresee could happen in the future. Uh, and we've mitigated it um, with, with an educational, a robust educational program. Um, and uh, whether that works, we will, uh, we'll see, time will tell. Time always tells, right? Time always tells. Right. Um, the, you know, the, we talked about this a bit, the fly around here driving me crazy. We talked a bit about this offline, um, you know, through email. Um, but I do think it's worth just re-examining quickly. Uh, um, at, our, at our last uh, interview, you, and you're still involved with them, right? You had kind of started the International Masonic Town Halls, um, a lot of different you know, yourself and, and many brethren who fractured life, for example, had really been exploring and taking advantage of the virtual world to make up for, for the lack of in-person meetings. Um, you know, we talked about that and, and you know, you basically said that, that um, and I'm paraphrasing, so uh, you can certainly expound it, but that, you know, basically the virtual component of the craft was more than likely going to stick around even after in-person meetings resume. Um, you know, now that in-person meetings have resumed in South Africa and, and in most jurisdictions, certainly throughout the United States, um, you know, we are still seeing that, uh, um, that virtual component. I guess, you know, you just recently had another international Sonic town hall are you finding that the interest is still there? Are you finding that people still want to take part in virtual education as well as the in-person meetings? Um, and do you can see that continuing for the, you know, as membership increases, do you think that will also increase the, the virtual component of the craft and involvement therein? Yeah, um, I am and I do. So, um, the interesting thing about uh, restarting the International Masonic Town Hall, it, it, it took some time because one, you know, we needed to, to take a break. Uh, I needed to get back into the swing of um, the economy, trying to, to have a restart and focus on, on business and so did a number of other people. Um, we initially were hoping to get back uh, to the IMTH in, in July um, and there was not significant uh, response and West's significant response is just that um, you know a lot of the responders were actually double booked um, in terms of some of the in-person events that they had to have to do and so we reset the date for uh, August um, 14th and it, it worked out pretty well and my expectation um, and my focus has always been that it's 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 not about the online uh, event itself. It's uh, where we started out in the conversation in the last meeting. Freemasons, a lot of people say that Freemasonry is local and they don't get an opportunity to really travel and go see other brethren around the world and how it works. We've had this conversation. And that is really um, the secret to the International Masonic Town Hall. And once we started, you will not believe how happy some people were to see each other again. You know, which is which is great because they don't get to do that on a regular basis. They see the usual suspects, you know, the people that are around them all the time. But during the the first edition of the town hall, they managed to see people that they would have never seen otherwise, made friends and met people they would have never done so otherwise. 
been invited to things um, that they would have never been invited to, to, to begin with if we didn't have that interaction online. And of course, the format of it, um, you know, there is some music, as you very well know, and, and the topics are generally of, of interest. Um, and so we, we did have a significant amount of, uh, amount of brethren that, uh, that were participating. So I was, I was quite satisfied with that. In terms of um, the workings for or the online workings, and we got to be careful with the term working there, but in terms of the online meetings with the lodge itself for, for Lodge Cape Town, um, you know, we take an obligation to almost, um, you know, take care and not neglect the brethren of our lodge or of, of the fraternity. And so we've got older brethren who just are not able to travel anymore, just not able to come to lodge. And yet I get notifications all the time and say, let me know when the next meeting is. I'd really like to sit in and, and listen or sit in and participate or whatever. And they're really just happy to see each other. Um, you know, on screen. And sometimes I have to tell you, I, I, I'm sitting behind the screen and I'm trying to conduct a, a meeting and I get messages from an older brother who doesn't know how things quite work. Can I please help him sort it out? And then I'll, I'll close my visor and I'll take a moment and guide him through it and then we'll come, come online. And, and they're happy to see each other. And, you know, we should not neglect them. That's the reality of it. So we had the conversation whereby if some lodges or grand lodges are prepared and I I, I think it was Manitoba that said that they are busy investing in, uh, in technology and, and their next um, event, I think is in September, I think, where uh, some of the other uh, Grand Lodge offices will have an opportunity to be obligated. And so part will be private and the other part will be public and online. And I'm confident that as long as there's a need for that, it will continue. You know, we have the technology and um, in the town hall itself, people were quite clear that you know, the one good thing that came out of the, uh, the uh, pandemic is that we had the technology available to be able to have um, the town hall for one, and secondly, to, uh, to be able to continue in meeting each other um, online. Otherwise, the truth is we would have been dark for a year and a half, two years, et cetera. And what kind of organization survives that amount of darkness. It's it's just not it's just not easy. It's just not possible to do that. Um, so all indications that I got from the meetings and the conversations I've had, um, from where I stand looking forward, um, as long as as um, lodges or, or grand lodges are prepared to invest in the technology, I do believe we're going to continuously um, see it be be relevant um, in uh, in Freemasonry both in, in terms of the what is Freemasonry. One of the brethren uh, and his lodge are doing a, a ladies' event online because we haven't been able to do any of those. And literally went out and, and found a, a prolific speaker, a woman, um, to talk about you know, the basic things that women would talk about in terms of success in business and you know, the kind of secrets that they have in terms of uh, uh, the way that they do fulfillment in terms of some of the projects that they have, et cetera, to share with each other. And already we have a significant amount of people that are willing to pay for the opportunity to actually be um, in, that, in that environment and have that conversation. So, um, you know, the tools are there for us to use. Uh, we're becoming more creative in terms of doing it and uh, involving Masons and non-Masons in terms of the platforms. Um, so I, I do think it's here to stay. 
Um, other, others are using it, not necessarily for, for good reasons, and, and there's no reason why, as Freemasons, we cannot use technology um, to ensure that we at least stay connected. You know, it's not about, it's not about the, uh, the stuff we cannot show and talk about, but at least that we stay connected with the older guys, with, uh, with uh, candidates or applicants and everybody else. And so we, I do see going forward that that is still going to be around for a long time. You mentioned, um, you know, one of the silver linings uh, of the terrible thing that is COVID being kind of forcing Freemasonry's hand a bit and, and requiring us to start to take advantage of, of the virtual world and, and not, um, not ignore it as we had been doing, I think, for, for far too long. Uh, I've, I've been wondering if another possible silver lining, um, and again, this could apply to Freemasonry, or I apply to Freemasonry, could apply to almost anything though, is you know, my hope is as vaccination rates go up, as things begin to reopen, uh, you know, Masons uh, perhaps aren't so quick to to take Freemasonry for granted or to assume that it will kind of always uh, be there. You know, my example is, so Ontario has been closed down since, Ontario in-person meetings have been suspended since March of 2020. So how many Masons in February of 2020, you know, missed that month's meeting thinking I'll just go in March, right? And how many... How many Masons in general, you know, miss a meeting thinking I can always go next month or I can always go next month. And I I'd even talked about this with a friend of mine who were both involved in professional wrestling. And we talked about, you know, how many professional wrestlers uh, took for granted, you know, having fans in, in the audience. And, and then eventually, you know, you're wrestling without fans. And, and then when they come back, just being appreciative of that. And just, I'm wondering if you're also going to see in Freemasonry, um, perhaps Masons not so quick to to miss a meeting with the assumption they can also go next month, but more recognizing, you know, being able to go to a lodge is, is a gift. So if you can go, um, you know, you want to take advantage of that because you, you never know when the next thing could happen and the next crisis could hit. Uh, and just taking the time to, to take advantage. Yeah. Um... I, I think that boils down to choice uh, again, you know, and I, I think we can't force um, brethren to, to do that. I, I can tell you right now, um, the working that we're doing this Saturday, um, I, I changed things slightly and uh, I was asking about the wardens of the lodge actually being present to open and close. And I was told that the, the wardens of the lodge are not available. And I said, well, if the wardens of the lodge are not available, perhaps they should not be the wardens. You know, if you cannot plan um, your life or your day or whatever the case may be to, to be present uh, because you have those core people that have to be there if you want to do an initiation, then uh, one time I can understand, but if it's a regular problem, then perhaps they're not the right officers for that particular position. Um, I do think that there will always be people who will not... Um, 
you know, people come into Freemasonry for different reasons. Some people just enjoy the camaraderie, others enjoy uh, the educational side, the historical side, the fanfare and so on and so forth. And so you got to kind of pick, um, you know, who your, your usual suspects are that you can actually depend on uh, in terms of that. So, you know, if a brother before the pandemic couldn't make the time to come to Lodge, I don't expect them to come to Lodge after the pandemic, for sure. But uh, when they do come to Lodge, what I, I do see is that they're going to see a lot of new faces they didn't know before. And they may also find that in terms of, um, in terms of uh, the, the line of uh, uh, succession, uh, they may find that they've actually been, been pushed back a notch because other people have been more uh, willing to, to do the work and move forward. And they've actually overtaken them in terms of uh, their position within the Lodge. Um, and that's just the reality of it. And hopefully one or two things are going to happen. I think they're going to shape up or they're going to ship out, unfortunately. And, and that's just the way that it is. You know, Freemasonry, like any other organization, requires some form of dedication. You know, like a hobby or, or family or anything else, you got to make time for everything. Um, and uh, some brethren just, you know, they're, they're, they're comfortable uh, almost in, in terms of where they are. So um, I, I, I cannot promise that a pandemic is going to uh, rejuvenate them in Freemasonry or in life for that matter. Um, but I, I can assure you that when they do come back, they are going to see, in, in my opinion, um, a, a younger um, uh, fraternity um, that is uh, probably more um, savvy think with regards to technology and, and everything else. Um, so it, it thinks times have changed and, and, and the quality of people that are coming into Freemasonry as well uh, is changing. And I think that can only benefit um, the, uh, the fraternity worldwide. I don't think that we're, we're going to neglect our older brethren, um, but I do think that those people who are in Freemasonry for the wrong reasons may feel that uh, it's no longer the, the place for them because it's either become too technically savvy or too structured or too organized because meetings are actually be held like business meetings with outcomes um, and that uh, there are younger people with more energy that are actually willing to do the work uh, in terms of planning and charities and everything else. So when they do come back, I think they're going to they're gonna find a, a more rejuvenated, uh, youthful, um, energetic uh, lodge waiting for them, and uh, it's a question of how they will adapt um, to uh, to continue being part of that structure. That is, uh, I think, a good place to to leave it, uh, and I think it's great to hear. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with your leadership, right? That, um, and I'm sure it's true for other lodges in South Africa. That you know, you are seeing the the you know, people will be returning to a, a you know, youthful, rejuvenated lodge with new faces. That's terrific to hear. Uh, I'm very, very much hoping, um, like I mentioned near the start of this podcast, I am fully vaccinated. I'm able to travel again. Who knows? Oh, maybe one day I'll make it out to, uh, to South Africa because I'd love to visit, uh, to visit Lodge Cape Town and just to, to see South Africa in general, but especially to see your lodge uh, and your temple would be terrific. In, in your father's footsteps. Now. And uh, if you ever make it down to Canada, that's right. If you ever make it to uh, to Canada uh, or Windsor in particular, we'd love to, to have 
have you here. Uh, when's the next um, International Masonic Town Hall? And um, if brethren are interested in taking part, uh, how can they do so? Yeah, so um, I haven't set the date for, for the next one yet because I'm still trying to gauge um, uh, people's availability. Um, I did say that when we restart, we're probably going to uh, see that instead of uh, having a monthly um, uh, International Masonic Tunnel, we probably have to go with, uh, with bi-monthly and have it every two months. Um, I'm still just assessing the, the feedback uh, with regards to that. And so as soon as I have that data back, I'll be able to confirm um, the, next, uh, the next one. If brethren do want to uh, participate in the Masonic Town Hall again, uh, from a visitor perspective, as long as they are um, uh, Freemasons and uh, in good standing, they're very welcome to attend. They can talk to you about it. I'm happy to share the link and you can certainly forward it uh, to them and they can participate. Um, the only challenge that we have, like I said, is time. And so when it comes to responders, those Grand Masters or Grand Lodge officers that want to contribute to the conversation, to the, the topics, um, you know, we, we, the magic number, as much as what I've tried to keep it down to one hour, we always end up with two hours of having a conversation. Um, and so, you know, with that, we, we very often have somewhere between six and, uh, and 10 responders, and then we got to try and, and force them to have shorter responses to, to the question so we can stick within the, the two hour limit. And you know what, Freemasons are, are an interesting bunch. You, you can't confine them to time. It's, you know it, I know it, we'll do the working and then we'll go to the first board and before we know it, 10 hours later, we're still there. And that's just how it is. Um, so yeah, if a if a Grand Lodge wants to um, to participate in 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 the as a responder, I'm happy to have them. Uh, I may have to bump one of the older ones off, and I'm sure they won't mind to to add uh, new ones to it. Um, but as 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 visitors to the IMTH, you know we can uh, we can take quite a few people, and the more the more the merrier, and the more it's spread around the world, the better. Um, I think the, the recent ones that's not come on is Jamaica. We've had some visitors from there. Uh, certainly had some visitors from, um, from Mexico with uh, Baja, California. Um, and so, you know, the, the amount of people that find out about the, the town hall, uh, it's starting to grow a little bit more. And it really just is about getting the brethren together uh, and having them able to see each other and see that there are other Masons around the world. And it doesn't cost them anything but time just come on board and, and spend some time with us. So um, I'll send you the link. Uh, you can share it. And, uh, you know, they're welcome to uh, let me know that they're coming and, and we'll get them in, we'll get them joined. Yeah. You are on mute. You're on mute. I always forget that. I, I'm not even going to edit that. I'll just leave that in. But thank you so much for your time <laughs> and for all the work that you do. Uh, with um, well, your lodge, but also with the International Masonic Town Halls. Um, and thank you for, for round two of appearing on the Square and Compass podcast. And uh, stay thank safe. You. I'm happy to hear you're getting your second shot on September 6th. Um, and yeah, just uh, I hope everybody in your lodge uh, stay safe as well. Thank you so much. I wish you the same. Have a good night.